Welcome to WTBU News Today, I'm Will Andronico. Boston had a stormy couple of days with thunderstorms throughout the evening last night. Temperatures today are expected to reach a high of 79 degrees with mostly cloudy weather. This weekend is similarly cloudy, but has increasing temperatures with a high of 87 degrees on Saturday and 94 degrees on Sunday. That's all for your weather report. Christina Melhorn is here now to report on a new Back to BU site update. Boston University released a research recovery update on their Back to BU website this past Tuesday. The update included an overview of the changes made to research for the fall semester, guidelines for faculty principal investigators, or PIs, revising recovery plans for phase three of reopening, and new guidance for non-experimental research, field and off-campus research, human subjects, experiential learning placements, and in-person training. The update said that on-campus research will remain limited to those who have previously submitted recovery plans and have received approval from the Office of Research. In May, the university reduced its lab capacity to 30%. On August 1st, research groups in experimental labs, non-experimental labs, and office or administrative spaces associated with labs can increase their capacity. PIs will set the capacity percentage but have the ability to increase it to at or above 50% if all university-set research guidelines, social distancing, and de-densification can be maintained at all times. BU said it encourages remote work to be done and that any in-person work should continue to only consist of critical use of lab bench spaces or equipment. In addition, the university requires that a symptom tracker survey is filled out daily by all personnel approved for on-campus research. The university prefaced the update by stating that if any administration work that is not student-facing can be done remotely, should continue remotely. For WTBU News, I'm Christina Melhorn. Joining us now is Grace Ramey with a money laundering case out of Rhode Island. A political operative in Rhode Island rejected a plea deal on Wednesday that would have sent him to prison for 18 months. Jeffrey T. Britt maintains that he is not guilty on charges of money laundering and prohibited campaign contributions to State House Speaker Nicholas A. Mattiello. Britt has instead opted for a trial that will bring the House Speaker to the witness stand, hopefully in his defense. In Rhode Island, a felony money laundering charge can carry a sentence of up to 20 years with a potential $500,000 fine. The state's plea deal fell far beneath these potential charges, but Britt noted that he remains confident in proving his innocence with a trial. The judge on the case asked prosecutors to present their final offer of a plea deal, so Britt no longer has the opportunity to plead out of the case. His lawyer, Robert Clark Carrenti, says that Britt does not believe he has committed any crimes and he plans to waive his right to a jury trial in hopes of being granted a bench trial sometime this fall. That's Grace Ramey for WTBU News. Now we'll head over to Hannah Yoshinaga for a story about financial relief in the midst of the pandemic. After several days of negotiations with Republican leadership, the Trump administration announced Thursday that the newest coronavirus relief package will not include a payroll tax cut. The tax cut, which would reduce the payroll tax that funds Social Security and Medicare, was a top priority of President Trump, but faced significant opposition from congressional Republicans. Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin stated that the tax cut would take too long to implement on the national scale and take away from other priorities that need to be addressed in the new bill. However, Republicans have agreed on funding another round of $1,200 stimulus checks and Paycheck Protection Program loans for significantly impacted small businesses. 
Party leadership is also intent on directing over $105 billion to reopening schools and introducing a liability shield to protect businesses and schools from coronavirus-related lawsuits. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and the Senate GOP committee chairs are expected to introduce their full proposal on the Senate floor on Thursday. In Orange, California, I'm Hannah Yoshinaga for WTBU News. Next, a story regarding COVID-19 cases in New York State from Audrey Porter. In a news conference on Thursday, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo announced that the state recorded its lowest hospitalization rate in months on Wednesday, a total of at least 706 coronavirus-related hospitalizations. Cuomo went on to say that New York had climbed the hardest and highest mountain and hopes to not have to climb any more mountains relating to the virus. This news comes as many other states continue to fight to contain the coronavirus. This past Tuesday, California surpassed New York for the highest number of cases in the country, bringing the state's total to nearly 425,000 cases since the pandemic broke out. However, New York, which was once the hotspot of the virus, still holds the highest number of coronavirus-related deaths, with a staggering 32,500. In the rest of his press conference, Cuomo stated that New York State is monitoring the rising coronavirus rates among younger people. He cited how the test positivity rates among young people ages 21 to 30 increased from 9.9% to 13.2% in just one week, a worrying sign that younger demographics are failing to abide by safety health standards. In Ridgefield, Connecticut, I'm Audrey Porter for WTBU News. Finally, an update from Victoria Popovska about Boko Haram. A UN spokeswoman announced on Thursday that five hostages, including four aid workers, were killed by Boko Haram militants after being abducted last month in northeastern Nigeria. Eva Sabaga, a spokeswoman for the UN's Office for the Coordination of Humanitarian Assistance, said that the four aid workers were a part of different humanitarian agencies. A security personnel member working with the team had been among the hostages. The workers were abducted at a roadblock while traveling between Monongun town and the capital of Borno state, Maiduguri. The release of these workers had been in negotiations by the UN since June when they were taken. The International Rescue Committee condemned what they said was a barbaric act after announcing that one of their staff members was among the killed. The IRC also asked Boko Haram to return the workers' remains to his family. In Montreal, New Jersey, I'm Victoria Popovska for WTBU News. That's it for this edition of WTBU News Today. Be sure to tune in to our full program every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern over on WTBU Radio. On behalf of Gabriela Lopez, Megan Gregoire, Evan Jimenez, and Grace Ferguson, I'm Will Andronico, reporting from outside Worcester, Massachusetts, for WTBU News.